Welcome to The Machine, a computer science education podcast from the Southeast Technological University. My name is Rob O'Connor and I'm a lecturer in the Department of Computing and Mathematics at the university. And today we are going to talk about quantum quantum computing, quantum communications, and this is really outside of my comfort zone. But thankfully, we have Dr. Deirdre Kilban to explain it all to us. Uh, Deirdre is the Director of Research at the Walton Institute for Information and Communication System Science at SETU. Uh, She has a BSc in Experimental Physics and a PhD in Mathematical Physics. And her research interests include nano and biotechnology, artificial intelligence and quantum physics. Deirdre, is that a a nice summary of your professional interest so far, do you think? Yeah, it is. Uh, I've always been interested in a number of areas, but I suppose uh, fundamental to that is um, the mathematical background, probably. And I think it's really important. We can't uh, underemphasize how important it is to encourage, um, you know, engagement in these subjects like engineering or mathematics technology um, and science at a very early age. And this mm-hmm. is actually one of the first parts of, or one of the important parts of the Ireland QCI project, uh, EPE and education and public engagement. So we'll be using even the most cutting edge uh, technology to encourage really young people to get involved and attractive. But as my background goes, I guess that's where I started being interested, in particular in physics and mathematics in secondary school. Um, and then I did a Bachelor of Science in um, Experimental Physics in UCD, followed by a PhD in Mathematical Physics in Quantum Chaos in Maynooth University. And then I went on to do a number of different postdocs and always using that background knowledge, but mm. in diverse different areas. Um, really, one of the most kind of inspirational ones was uh, when I had a time to be a chance to be a fellow in um, the University of Kaiserslautern in Germany for two years and I worked there on ultra-fast surface science and nanoplasmonics and I kind of got inspired to to be able to bring yeah. technology like that back into Ireland and um, give PhD students and postdocs the opportunity to work on uh, really, really cutting edge technology like that and that's why it's important to be able to bring the quantum technology like this 8 million euros worth of quantum technology into the country in addition to the main purpose which is yeah. to secure um, uh, the communication networks. Well, we're going we're to come to that. I'm mm. going to ask you a kind of a, a, a very fundamental question first. Just So you've used a lot of words uh, in, in in your answer there that some stuff that I don't understand. It sounds almost like a kind of a plot from a video game, quantum chaos theory I'm mm-hmm. expecting a portal to open up and aliens come through which obviously is just silly stuff but I have a very limited knowledge of what quantum computing is could could, it, could I ask you to maybe describe what is quantum computing sure so um an ordinary computer encodes uh, the information in binary format. So it's a one or a zero. Um, quantum computers are based on what we call qubits. So these are quantum states um, that have more than, uh, it's not binary anymore. It's all the possibilities or all the combinations that you can get. So you can encode much more information and when you're performing calculations with or simulations with a quantum computer, you can do much more at the same time than you can do with a classical computer. So am I right in saying, right, so a, a standard bit has is either on or off or, yeah. or, or, or yeah. well, you know, it either has a value or doesn't have a value. Yeah. OK, so it's either one or a zero, whereas yeah. a qubit 
can be one or zero or both. At the same, in, in, at at the both same, the same time. time. Yeah. So if you had, say, a string of four bits, four normal bits, okay, yeah. so you can have any combination of those four bits from zero up as far as 15. Yeah. Whereas with a qubit, you can have a value from zero up as far as 15 all at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. So this is, and this is where the stuff gets a bit head melty, is that in a traditional computer, everything is maybe processed sequentially. Okay, yeah. or if you have multiple processors, it can do in parallel, but, but they're all done sequentially. It does one calculation, another calculation, another calculation. It does them very fast, but you stack them on top of each other and they, they do take a, a period of time. With a quantum computer, it does them all simultaneously. Is that correct? Yeah, it does, yeah. And then you get a you get a result um, at the end of the calculation, and then you do it again. So you can do it you can do it a number of times to see what the statistical output is, and it, it comes to naturally comes to a, a solution. Okay. Um, yeah. It's it is kind of mad stuff, really, isn't it? <laughs> like, I mean, you're you're a physicist, so you you're probably well used to this idea of, of, of quantum and, and quantum chaos. But for somebody like me, it's like, oh, it's hard to get my head around it, you know? Yeah, I think it's because it's all happening at such a small scale. So you're talking about um, being able to control um, single atoms or single fo- photons and electrons within the atoms. And this is all happening at really, really small um, physical scales, like nanometers. But also then you're, you're talking about um, being able to control uh, what happens one single photon and allowing it to interact with one electron at a time uh, and determining what's happening there as well. Okay, what is quantum communications? Okay, so we're using uh, we're using the laws of uh, quantum physics. So exactly that to to control what's happening um, a single photon that we will encode information in, in, for example, some property of that photon, like uh, the polarization of the photon. But you were using those uh, laws and we're introducing a randomness that will say, if someone interferes along the communication line, then they will collapse that qubit into one at one state and we'll be able to detect at the end of the line what's actually happened. And it won't be counted then as part of, for example, a secret key that would you, you would use to secure the communication. So um, by making sure that you, you transmit the information with qubits, um, you're, as soon as someone tries to interact, they, they, they collapse the qubit into a particular state and it won't be considered anymore. It just oh. won't become part of the, the, the um, key. OK, so could you back up and explain mm-hmm. what that phenomenon is uh, where, where it, it collapses. So oh, what yeah. is that? Sorry. So we call that wave function collapse. So uh, just like I, if you had a two level system, so a zero and a one, like your light switch was uh, on or off. Um, but now we're saying when we prepare the qubit, we're not saying what, what state it's in. It's in a, in a um, you know, it's in um, a superposition of all those possible states. Mm-hmm. Um and you can encode the information in that and send that down uh, a, a communication line to another a detector like Bob at the end. Yeah. But if someone tries to intercept along the way, Bob will have a particular way of measuring that. So this uh, is if, Alice and Bob, the yeah, kind of yeah. the traditional AB yeah. uh, communications endpoints. Okay, yeah. just, yeah. Any so, computer science students would have encountered Alice and Bob. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, you have your transmitter, your channel and your receiver. And uh, at the end, Bob will have a particular way of measuring the qubit um, in a base, it's called a basis state. So we look at it at that it could be measured in what we call the horizontal and vertical basis state. They're two two 
possibilities there are the diagonal and anti-diagonal state. But he doesn't. He picks one of those basis states and he communicates back to Alice which basis state he has used. But he doesn't tell her what he has measured. He only and she then. Um, you know, she has prepared her qubit or information in a random way. And so then she cross checks with what way he's done his measurement. And that allows them to have a secret key. And if anything interferes along the way, they will know. They will, they'll be able to detect. It just won't be counted. So um, is, is this this right? You know, again, I'm, I'm kind of stupid about this or I don't have f- full grasp on it. And if I make a mistake here, please correct me. So is this this like, you know, like this idea of, of Schrodinger's cat, that the cat is both alive and dead at the same time. But as soon as you observe, exactly. that's when everything collapses in on itself yeah. and it forms a state yeah. uh, or forms a definite state. So is what you're saying is that these qubits are in this superposition exactly, state, yeah. but you kind of know roughly what they should be or, or you've encoded some information using them. But if somebody, any, so this is in terms of information security yeah. and communications security. If anyone or any, any, if there's any observation of that communications made, they will collapse and therefore you will know about it. Exactly. So, yeah. so if I use the, cr- again, another crude analogy, is it like putting a little hair across the door? And if the door is opened, do you know these old things you would have done with I remember in spy things back when I was a child. You know, you'd put it you'd put like a hair across a cupboard. Yeah. And if anyone opened the cupboard, the hair would be moved. Is it kind of like that? Um it's probably poor uh, analysis. I'm not hundred percent certain <laughs> certain about that. But it, it's just uh the, even if someone like if you consider it from the eavesdropper's point of view and they say, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna measure I'm gonna, you know, um tamper with that line and measure the state of the qubit. Yeah. But they don't know what basis state um, the, the the receiver has measured in. So they only have a bit of the information and that information is, they only have a certain amount of, um, they only have a certain knowledge about the state of that photon, but they don't know what what Bob is doing. And so they they don't have enough to okay. to to figure out what the secret key would be because there has to there has to be um, some information like Bob and uh, Alice tell each other a little bit about the basis states but they don't they don't um, they don't communicate exactly what what polarization state they measured or what their qubit is okay yeah. so so any uh, any act of observance will disrupt that yeah. and therefore you will, and they will know, know. Yeah. that something is going on, in which case you can then say right we're not we're disregarding this community. Exactly. That just doesn't, that one just disappears and you, you continue along with the, the everything else that hasn't been tampered with. Okay. It's just not used. Yeah. And is it, so this is where, so you have recently announced a new, I'm going to say a project, but it might not be a project, it might be something else. Uh, Quantum Communications Infrastructure, QCI Ireland. Yeah. And this is about securing and future proofing kind of uh, communications infrastructure against cyber attacks. Yeah. And is this where all this kind of Collapses together. Yeah, <laughs> if you excuse you're right. the joke. So um, there's been a huge initiative around the world in quantum technology. There's about uh, 33 billion euros being invested, and some of the countries that are really ahead are the likes of China. And China have developed this um, terrestrial quantum network uh, and linked it through their Missius satellite, and it's about 4,600 kilometers long already. Um, and they they're using quantum key distribution, what we've just described there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're using that to secure. Uh, you know, uh, communication networks between government, uh, industries, companies. Um, and so we're trying to do something similar in Europe. 
And this was where the EuroQCI initiative came from. So they had Sorry, what's that? The, the EuroQCI is where Ireland QCI is funded is funded from. So, oh, so this is like there's a pan-European quantum communication exactly. infrastructure. Ireland is doing Ireland's bit and like yeah, Germany yeah. is doing Germany's bit. Okay, yeah. I get you. Sorry, yep. Yeah. So uh, in 2021, Minister Ossian Smith um, signed Ireland up to this initiative um, from the Department of the Environment and Climate and uh, Communications. So then we were given the opportunity, I was given the opportunity to lead this proposal for Ireland um, from Walton Institute and the Southeast Technological University on behalf of the SFI Research Centre Connect for Future Networks and Communications. So a number of us got together and we worked um, along, like the partnerships were built and uh, the idea is that we build, uh, it, the 27 member states build their national networks at the moment. And in a, a call in the future, we will be looking for funding to connect the, the national networks in the 27 member states to each other and build, like you said, a pan-European secure, quantum secure um, network infrastructure. Um, the main purpose is to secure um, for national security and your, uh, security around Europe for communicating sensitive documents between government networks. But we also want to involve industries and build um, a quantum technology ecosystem where the, the technology can be built within the European 27 member states. Um, and then also give opportunity to academia to develop the technology. That's really where um, advanced advancements are needed really in um, the development of quantum technology for the future quantum internet, which is where we will be looking to develop entanglement networks and you can do much more. You could start to think about connecting quantum computers around the world and making um, making it even more, um, I suppose, more, more powerful. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you a question about entanglement because mm-hmm. I don't understand this, right? So again, please correct me. So am I right in saying that quantum entanglement is where you can have electrons that are kind of mirrors of each other or siblings, but they could be separated by vast distances. And if one has a state, the other has a state. Yeah. Is that So is the idea that you could have almost instantaneous communication through these electrons that are entangled via some form of quantum physics Um but they're not necessarily linked by a physical pipe or, or connect. Is that is that right? And if one changes, the other changes yeah. and they can be over huge distances. So, what? yeah, what we do is we generate, we use something called an entangled photon source. Um, you take a laser, a pump laser, and you shine it through a particular, what's a nonlinear crystal and it goes through a process and that laser then um, splits into two uh, entangled pieces um, uh, I guess you have entangled photons and you can send one in one direction and one way, way away, like you said. And if you, make, like we were talking about measurements earlier, collapsing um, a qubit into a, a particular state, mm. if you make a measurement here in Ireland on one of those qubits and the other um, uh, photon has gone to the Netherlands, for example, um, something will happen, that photon, based on the measurement that you make in Ireland because they are linked. Okay. But um, when you go to talk about using that as a form of communication, you need uh, an extra part in what we call the quantum teleportation protocol. You actually need to communicate uh, in, uh, something classically between Alice and Bob again to complete the process. So it's not that it can go faster than the speed of light. But if you do make a measurement here in Ireland, it will affect the state of the photon in, in, in the other country. 
will it travel at the speed the of light? But you're only, you're not, you're, it has travelled already. So the photon, you have a oh, photon in Ireland yes, and the yes, photon yes, has yes, travelled yes, to yes, the yes, location yes, yes, yes. already. So uh, just making the measurement here will affect what happens to the photon over there. Will those photons remain entangled over, what, is there a limit to the distance? So, this is where it's really tricky. <laughs> We're okay. a long way away from doing that. Okay. Yes, there's a, there's something called decoherence. So okay. they're really, really fragile. These qubits are really, really fragile. Um, and everything has to happen um, when you're, you know, you're creating these and you're detecting them under really, really, really kind of um, uh, difficult conditions. Mm. Um, so we tend to use something like... Uh, single photon detectors that might be housed in in you know in at low temperatures to do the measurements but um we also you end up with these the distance trying to get really long distances trying to get these to not decohere over really long distances really tricky okay yeah. but yeah, one is, of the challenges but this is a new i would say i know quantum physics has been around for a while but about 100 years ish ish am i right mm. ish so but it's relatively new in terms of science and the yeah. developments that are happening now are very very new so this is like somebody talking about transistors in the 1950s yeah. would, would it be kind of like that yeah. Uh, yeah. in that this is where we're at in the technology yeah. but you can see how it might develop yeah absolutely over yeah. the coming years this is it this is, so this is what we call the second quantum technology revolution so um, the first one was with the idea of developing these transistors and all of the digital devices that you use your computer your laptop your mm. mobile phone um, uh, tablets they all are based on the quantum uh, on the transistor which uses quantum mechanics and describes the energy levels of these materials, the semiconductors in there. But now we're going to the single photon level. It's this device here will produce single photons or entangled photon mm. pairs like we described. And this device over here will measure them one at a time. Um, and that gives us the, the possibility to start to explore these um, concepts like and, and use them like entanglement, uh, teleportation, um, all and superposition, like we just described, in order to try and secure the communications. I was going to ask you why is this important, but I think you've kind of answered that because I, I, I can see the importance. I mean, even if you wanted to be reductive about it, and even just the the purpose of this project at the moment is to do with security, mm -hmm. but I think there's actually many more applications. But I can understand this particular project has a function looking at cyber security. Yeah, it does. Know. But we're also, so as part of the project, we we listed 16 um, uh, quantum technology security uh Use cases, yeah. But we are, and forty use cases in general. But we're actually expecting many, many more. So a lot of them will be based on that quant the quantum security um, use cases, and we're looking for use cases to demonstrate use cases for fi financial services, um, uh, medical, you know, transmission of medical data and images. For for example, maybe the HSC might get interested. Mm. Um, for yeah, healthcare, banking, uh, for securing. Um, power grids, energy grids, any kind of critical infrastructure like transportation as well that you can think of. We'll be looking to, to um, really, really involve key stakeholders. So yeah. we'll be running workshops and we have done already. So we had a number of, we had an industry workshop in November uh, as part of the SFI Connect Research Centre in Dublin. And we'll be running more regular workshops and really catering for what the companies are saying themselves they would like. We do have 
quite a good base, uh, like knowledge base already in terms of optical communication engineering or photonics. And we're really trying to marry the skills that are existing with building up um, this capability for quantum technology. So one of our uh, one example uh, of one of our um key uh, partners is the Tyndall National Institute in Cork. Mm. Professor Peter O'Brien is heavily involved in the PIXAP uh, foundry uh, where they um, create all these photonic chips uh, um, and integrated circuits. And where he's looking to also package these uh, quantum devices that we're going to have for the um, developing the quantum network as well further. So you, you okay? So you mentioned Tyndall there. Actually, there's a number of partners in oh, yeah. uh, in in QCI Quantum Communications Infrastructure Ireland. Uh, there's so there's Walton uh, SETU. Uh, there's Trinity, uh, the Tyndall based in UCC. Uh, there's use, there's a group from UCD. There's from Minuth. Yeah. Uh, the Centre for High End Computing in Galway are involved. Uh, HENET, ESB Ireland. Why is it that a project? take so many partners? Okay, so when you think about it, so uh, Dan Kilper is the director of the Connect Centre and that's housed in um, Trinity College Dublin, but it involves uh, a number of HEIs and uh, Southeast Technological University is one of them. But when we got together to think about this, you know, it was about bringing the skill set that's in Connect in terms of uh, computer science, um, optical communication engineering, networking, marrying it to people who are involved in photonics like Peter O'Brien in Tyndall, and also um, uh, looking at the likes of uh, Venkatesh Cannon from iCheck, who's involved in similar um, projects in with HPC as well at the core for um, in Europe. Sorry, what's HPC? High performance computing. computing sorry, so yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of supercomputers. And then if you look at Jiri Valla, he's uh, one of the main players in quantum computing in Ireland. And um, Bogdan Stazowski has, uh, uh, from UCD, um, he's, he's also involved in developing um, quantum computers based on CMOS. And they, he's part of the company Equal One Labs. And then in for HEANET, uh, um, Own Kenny is involved because he was going to allow us to use the classical network, that's the fibre that's already existing mm. um, for all of the classical communications that we need. And then um, John Regan from ESB Telecoms is involved because they're providing um, a dark fibre for the quantum channel as well. Oh, so, so there's a different yeah. actual physical channel yeah. that's needed for these. Okay, yeah. so you have the regular... Commu- okay, so... If I could try to summarise this, mm-hmm. and again, please do correct me if I'm wrong. So I want to send some, I'm, I, 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 I want to send some health records, mm-hmm. medical records. I want to ensure they're secure. I want to send them to somebody in Galway, yeah. right? Okay, to a doctor in Galway. I send those over a traditional fibre optic computer communications network. But at the same time, we send these qubits, qubits, superpositioned qubits uh, across a different channel, this dark fibre. I I don't know what dark fibre is. I'm going to ask you what that is because it sounds like dark matter. Uh, Again, my science fiction just doesn't have anything else on it. It's a dark channel. Oh, is that it? Okay, so there's nothing else ever goes on this. So there's a separate line. We send this photon down the line. Assuming everything is okay, we know that this communication has not been tampered with. But if anyone has snooped or or, or interfered with my medical records along the way, we will know about it, and then we can go yeah. and we can 
deal with it then and do it again or do whatever it is exactly, that we want yep. to do. Yep. Okay. So really what you're talking about, if we were to think about like security threats through the kind of CIA prism of confidentiality, integrity and uh, availability, this is really kind of hitting on confidentiality and also integrity. Yeah. Would that be correct? Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're right there. And uh, one of the reasons why the dark fibre is so useful is because the quantum signal is going to be uh, have much much low power, lower power than the classical signal. We're going to try and you know transmit, still transmit gigabytes of uh, data um, down those classical channels, but we want to submit the qubits uh, on a separate channel, so that or a separate fiber, even if we can, in order to make sure that we can have all all the keys and we can store them safely as well and have the yeah. keys ready um, just to secure the, the the communication down the classical uh, fiber. Okay, so this isn't for me sending you cat videos. This is for high quality information. Yep. But let's try and fast forward 20 years in our minds. Mm -hmm. Could this be used for all day, every day, secure communications for people? Yeah, so some of the technology that's out, we've broken the project up into three phases. So the first phase is using off-the-shelf components, we call them, or off-the-shelf technology that are, that's already been sold by companies. Um, and it's been demonstrated already ac across a number of um, networks and it's used in certain countries already. Mm. And so we're, we're kind of replicating or finding the best practice, you know, um, state of the art and doing that in the first phase. And we hope to have our first demonstration in December between uh, networks in, in Dublin, uh, including INEX, which is the Internet Exchange Point. But we'd also then like to be able to connect that down to Waterford or Waterford to Cork as well. Um, in the second phase, then we're a little bit more experimental. We're going towards a slightly newer technology called measurement device independent quantum key distribution technology, where you have the detectors at a center location and it gives you, um, you can add more end users more readily because the more expensive equipment is one location and you make a star formation. Okay. Um, and then you can connect the end users through a switch at the center. Oh, okay, so you don't have to have this test at each end point. Is that, is that well, right? You would. You'd still do. You'd still do your. You'd still do your communication, but you could have multiple endpoints. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's not one to one. It could be one to many or yeah. Many, or yeah, one. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It's it's branching it out a bit more, making it more applicable to many users. Mm. And then we we reserved um, some of the budget as well for really kind of um, I suppose ambitious uh, trying to make the quantum internet and making some of the components that are necessary that don't exist at the moment, like the quantum memories and the quantum interfaces. Um, and and quantum repeaters. Uh, so another thing that I didn't say about the quantum signal is it can't be amplified in the same way as a, a classical optical signal can be amplified. Oh, because it would be a, that a involves an observing. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, so, yes. Um, it, it, we have to overcome that by either using trusted nodes, but we want to get beyond that and have a network that doesn't have tr trusted nodes in it. Um, and that's really looking towards uh, the quantum internet as well. Um Jesus, gas. I mean, it really is. It. I kind of find this stuff fascinating. I really do. Uh, you, you're saying that there is, so this is QCI Ireland or Ireland, Q, is it Ireland QCI or QCI Ireland? Ireland QCI. Ireland QCI. Yeah. But this, you're, you're tied in with the European Space Agency with this because there oh, is yeah. the development of, of a kind of a pan-European network. Yeah. So is the ultimate goal to, ha to have a secure 
communications infrastructure that spans the entire EU. Yep. Is that okay? Right? It is. And, and um, potentially beyond. I'd imagine that it doesn't just yeah. end at the borders. It could potentially link in with a, one in the US or in Australia yeah. or on the moon or wherever. Yeah, okay. So the, the funding for this actually and the call the call came from the European Commission and the European Space Agency and they were offering 5 million euros for each country. But then each uh, the applicants, uh, there was one applicant from each country and we had to um, secure uh, match funding from our government and that's where uh, we we approached the Department of uh, Enterprise or Department of um, Environments, um, Climate and Communications and uh, they they provided the funding for um, the five million euro match funding. But in the next phase, yes, we've all, we're already um, we're already involved in discussions with the European Space Agency, um, and the next phase will involve uh, applying for uh, funding for optical ground stations so that we could communicate um, via satellite. Uh, a satellite is being uh, developed for the purpose of the EURQCI initiative. And the idea is that we can learn how to, well, develop the technology that's needed to communicate with that satellite and then to the other member states. Brilliant. Um, so you mentioned like about Tyndall Institute and they, they're, you know, bringing their kind of optics, uh, laser research into mm-hmm. it and what various other people are doing. I suppose we haven't really talked about Walton and what Walton brings to the, to the equation. Now, I mean, I know this, but maybe somebody who's listening might not know this. So where does this fit into the mix in Walton? What is it that you're, what expertise are ye specifically bringing to the equation? Well, obviously, the way you're speaking, we know you're very knowledgeable about it. Yeah. What's the specific skill set that Walton and your team are bringing that maybe the other people don't have? So I guess one of the focuses that we have is we house the National Supercomputer and we have a data centre there. So Jerry Horgan is um, the head of the uh, research infrastructure and test beds. So he'll be looking at his background in uh, computer science as well. So that's what he's bringing. Uh, myself, I'm bringing uh, all my knowledge of quantum physics as well. But we're also, we have funding to bring in um, engineers and research fellows who probably worked on se- developing similar networks abroad mm. and can come to Ireland and help us to build this network. And then we build it, we'll be growing um, teams in this area as well. So there will be p- PhD positions available and postdoc positions. And the idea is that this quantum uh, communication infrastructure could be used uh, in further funding proposals, both national and at European level, um, just to secure more funding to bring more people in to work on these projects. Um, we're heavily linked with the work that we do with the SFI uh, Research Centre Connect as well. Um, and Professor Dan Kilper has secured um, a, an SFI a NSF, a US uh, project with Mauro Paternostova from Queens and Sai Kakuha in the US, part of the Centre of Quantum Networks. Mm. And that's worth three million euros. And that allows us to... Um, combine our, our PhD and postdoc expertise with experts in MIT and Harvard and Arizona, um, just in terms of providing, you know, simulations for the quantum network as well, mm. really exploring what we could do in terms of um, satellite communications, using satellites, understanding what the, the challenges are, especially uh, Ireland being an island and having the difficulties of trying to get through the cloud cover and the rain all the time to communicate with the satellite in the next phase. Mm. Um, we're de- looking to develop um, all the different systems that will be used to maximise the signal um, in terms of adaptive optics, um, really looking at uh, 
developing our own receivers and detectors um, and miniaturizing those um, for use on satellites as well. And I suppose, again, if somebody doesn't, if you haven't encountered Walton before, I mean, do check out the website, Walton Institute, just do a search and you'll find it. Uh, you're, you're probably kind of doing yourself a disservice by saying, uh, or by not saying that, like Walton and previously TSSG is probably the greatest concentration of computer networking skills and expertise in, in the EU probably, uh, certainly in Ireland anyway, uh, and the EU. So that's again what you're, you're, you're the people. If you're talking about computer networks, talk to Walton or TSSG in the past, you know. Yeah. Th- th- you know, so that, that's where you're really, uh, that's your bread and butter. Would that be fair? Yeah, so we really, we really focus on uh, uh, bringing in pro- uh, funding um, and we have a good track record in Europe uh, mm. going back 15 or more, 20 years. And really, that's I, I know that TSSG started out bringing in one or two European projects, and that was back in 1996. But the, and the focus has always been on information communication technologies and mm. using it to benefit uh, humanity in whatever way we can. Uh, when we re, um, became the Walton Institute for Information and Communication System Science, that was with a view uh, to the multidisciplinary nature that was evolving naturally from going from networks and how we could use them and uh, in in ways to, um, I guess, to benefit society. And so now we look, we have, we're growing. Uh, what what's become really kind of central to what we're doing is growing out laboratories and test beds um, where people can come and and um, use these. Uh, for their own benefit. Um, We've got um, autonomous systems, pervasive sensing systems, augmented reality. We still use a lot of artificial intelligence and machine learning, wired and wireless communications infrastructure. Um, We're looking at biological and nanocommunications, mobile application development, Internet of Things. Um, and And now we're looking to add uh, quantum and satellite communications to the mix as well. Um, of course, a lot of this technology has also been funded by multiple sources. So mm-hmm. you've got uh, Enterprise Ireland and we have the Gateway there as well. And we have uh, Science Foundation Ireland and the backing of IDA as well. Yeah. So if, let's say somebody was listening to this who's a student and they're thinking, God, I, I wouldn't mind getting my teeth into this. Yeah. I, can they, how can they go about it? Can they get involved? Yeah, they absolutely can. They okay. just need to look up uh, my my profile and just send me an email. So, and if it's not something directly I'm doing, it, there will be able to find someone um, in Walton Institute that can can support their interests. And are you are you actively recruiting postgrads? Um, we are. Um, well, the Saudi Technological University, University very yeah. recently had a call for um, PhD applications. Um, they they have uh, studentships that are on offer at the moment. But independent of that, we're we're heavily involved in a number of. Um, SFI research centres. There's Vistamilk, there's Future Neuro, Lero, and um, of course SFI Connect Research Centre. And mm. sometimes, from time to time, we can get opportunities to um, get funding for PhD students from those. Um, and we we always encourage people to get in contact with great ideas, uh, and we can help them to to find some funding f- for them. 
So if you look up Deirdre Kilban Walton, you'll, you'll find the details. Yeah. But let's say somebody was just a regular Joe Josephine Soap and said, God, I'd like to learn a bit more about this. Where should yeah. they go? So we will be running workshops and there is a lot of EPE, education and public engagement involved and outreach. Mm. And we actually have what we call a quantum, we called it in the proposal a quantum bus, but it's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's turning into more of a quantum uh, lorry. Uh, but this, this will have um, key kind of uh, educational equipment on it that explains exactly the different types of uh, protocols we're using and quantum key distribution, explains how a network will be built up um, and how it secures um, the transfer of information. This will be brought to as many... um, outreach activities and events that we can think of throughout the year and we're making a plan so we're making an engagement plan uh, and strategy for this uh, both in terms of getting uh, local industries and companies interested in getting involved like we have to target it to our different audiences Mm. Um, and uh, we'll be doing this uh, across all of the the partners uh, will be involved in, in really really educating the public in this way. If you want to find out more about uh, Deirdre Kilban or Walton Institute, if you just go to waltoninstitute.ie or you can kind of go in off the setu.ie website. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast, we're currently on Twitter, still there for now, uh, machine underscore podcast, or you can find me. My profile is up on the SETU website or, you know, just do a Google search and you'll find me, Rob O'Connor. Deirdre, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me today. It has been genuinely insightful and I feel like I've learned something. Uh, so I hope I didn't ask you too many stupid questions and I look, I look forward to taking a trip on the quantum bus. Yeah, can't wait to see you out in Walton. <laughs>